Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow all my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my vegetable garden. Now this week I've had a bit of a cold, so if I sound a bit bugged up throughout this week, that is why. But, as you can probably tell by the title, well, this week it's all about greenhouses. This time of year the greenhouse comes into its own. But I know they are a bit of a luxury. And if you haven't got one and you're thinking about getting a second-hand one, I've got a few tips on how to do that. Let's come up in just a moment. But first, let's find out what's been happening on the plots. Today is Saturday the 24th of September 2022. And I've had a day at home. Now, tomorrow I'm starting quite a big project that I'm hoping to get done tomorrow. And in preparation for that, we're going to need to use things like drills and screwdrivers and those sort of things. So one thing I've been doing today is making sure all my drills and uh, the batteries are charged. and I've got all the equipment, all the necessary screws, etc, etc, ready to tackle this job. What is it you'll hear about a little bit later on in this podcast? But while all the batteries were charging and I made sure I had everything ready, I went out into the garden. I've been doing a bit more weeding. The weeds are certainly growing like mad at the moment. So I've been pulling up as many weeds as I can. And once that was done, I ran around with a lawnmower and chopped those all up to go straight into our compost bins. Our compost bins at the moment are all rather full and I'm looking pretty soon that we're going to have to start emptying some of this compost out and start using it into some of our beds. The trouble at the moment, all our beds are still full of produce so I don't exactly have room in where I can place this compost. So I'm hoping I'm hoping our beds are going to start to empty out pretty soon so I can actually empty our compost bins before we run out of space. (laughs) First world problems, I guess, but I'm so passionate about trying to keep and produce as much compost as possible that I really don't want to have to avoid chopping the grass or anything like that so that we can avoid producing compost. It's it's a a bit of a problem. Anyway... um, after all that weeding, I actually tidied up our summer house area, a, a shelter down the corner of our garden, in our patio garden, where it's a bit of an undercover space. It becomes, to be honest, a bit of a dumping ground. We keep our barbecue stuff in there and some of our, our garden chairs, but it is just somewhere stuff gets dumped. But I wanted to tidy it up because I do quite like every now and then just sitting in there and looking out around the world perhaps with a good book or a cup of coffee and just watching the world go by. Now after that I then decided it was time to go into the greenhouse. Now my greenhouse at home pretty much now being used for seed starting. We did grow tomatoes in there but they did really poorly and they came out and that's left me with the area just empty not doing anything. Now I did think we could grow spinach or spring onions in there But I also have some plants outside in pots that are a little bit tender. They need a bit of winter protection. And what I like to do is move these into the greenhouse over the winter. So my peach tree, for example, that has gone back inside. My banana tree, 
my lemon tree and so on. These sort of tender plants that need to go in there. Now the peach tree, to be fair, could survive outside. But I like to move it indoors over the winter because we can get peach leaf curl. Now peach leaf curl is a, a fungal disease that lands on the leaves. It's particularly April, March time particularly during early spring. But I find if we move it into the greenhouse throughout the winter months and it'll stay in the greenhouse till about May, then we tend to avoid peach leaf curl. And it works. It works really well for me. And I, since doing this, I haven't had peach leaf curl. In fact, the Victorians used to use a similar method where they would grow their peach trees against a wall, but they would actually put little glass roofs above them in order to avoid the rain during the winter months. So it's not an entirely uh, unproven theory, it's just something that I do. Now, as you've probably seen with this week's title, it's all about greenhouses this week. And what I thought I wanted to do first is just talk about why I think a greenhouse is a absolutely incredible tool to have to grow your own food if you have the space for one. Now, at this time of year, I find that the greenhouse becomes my safe haven. And because of that, I thought I would record this little section inside my greenhouse at home. I made a decision when I moved into this house that I wanted a greenhouse. I finally felt like I had the space to fit a greenhouse here at home. And what I did is I spent quite a while deciding what greenhouse I wanted. And the reason is there's a whole host of different materials that we could have bought a greenhouse out of. There's wooden framed greenhouses, which are, they look lovely, but they do need treating quite regularly. And they're also quite heavy and difficult to maneuver. Then there's the aluminium framed greenhouse, which is what this one is, which basically bolts together. But what is different about this one compared to many greenhouses is that the windows are made of a perspex. Now, I made that decision because at the time we were planning to have kids and I wanted my kids to be out in the garden as much as me, even if it's playing football or something like that. And the idea of glass around kids didn't sit comfortably with me. So we made the decision to get a plastic greenhouse. And here we are seven years down the line, it still stood very, very strong. We've had some very heavy winds hit this greenhouse. I'm not saying it's been absolutely perfect. We have had the window blow off at one point. We have had some of the nuts and bolts come loose. But it still stood here in its original condition. When these problems have arisen, we've been able to sort them out pretty much straight away. Now... At this time of year, this greenhouse really does become my safe haven. It becomes somewhere when it's raining, I can just run in a greenhouse and still tackle a few tasks. If it's cold, I can come in this greenhouse and it's just a little bit warmer so I can still carry out a few gardening tasks. And if I put a light in here, like I will be doing, just a simple battery powered light, nothing special, when it's dark, I can work in here as well. For me, this is where a greenhouse really does come into its own over these next few months. Added to that, it protects a lot of my tender plants. And I've moved the tender plants into here this weekend. This just helps keep them ticking over over the winter months so that they don't die and they can come back and bounce into life next year. 
And I'll be sowing seeds in here and growing on the young plants all under the protection of the greenhouse. Now I haven't added a heater into this greenhouse. It's something I've toyed with before, but I've decided I don't really need a heater. And with the cost of energy at the moment, I think that decision has been a good one to do. The only thing I do do for heat is I have a water button here, which when full of water acts as like a heat battery. So it takes on some of that heat during the day and then during the night just emits some of that heat, just a natural process. I also always keep a watering can of water in all my greenhouses, including the greenhouse down on the allotment. What reason I do that is again, it takes in some of that heat into the water. So when I water my plants, it's not a different temperature and it doesn't shock the plants. Just some of the things I do to make my greenhouse experience a little bit better. Now I have heard of stories of people with much larger greenhouses than what I have. I might, this one here at home is six foot by six foot. And the two greenhouses that will be on the allotment, Granddad's greenhouse and uh, I haven't named it yet, but Step Granddad's Greenhouse, as it will be called when it's built. They are six foot by eight foot, so a slightly bit bigger than this one at home. But I have heard of people who will sit in their greenhouse and have their evening meal as well, looking out at the stars. And I think that is a lovely thing to do if you have the space for it as well. And it's certainly something um, I like the idea of as well. A greenhouse to me is just such a fantastic addition to the garden. If you have the space, you can afford a greenhouse, then please do go and get one. And if you can't afford a greenhouse, then look at a second-hand greenhouse. That I will be talking about in just a moment. It is Sunday the 25th of September 2022 today, and I'm down on the allotment now. My day actually started quite early this morning. I went round to my brother's at about nine o'clock this morning and we then went round to his granddad's, his nano and granddad's, who are my step-grandparents. It gets very confusing, so this might get a little complicated. But we went there to take down a greenhouse that is there. Uh, my step-granddad died last year and this greenhouse has just been going to ruin. A lot of glass panels are broken and it needed clearing out and they've said, did I want it? So my brother and I, first of all, we had to clear out all the stuff that was inside, a lot of old garden tools and things like that, which ended up going to the tip in some cases. We cleared that all out, took all the glass out, dismantled it and that took much longer than we, what we expected. When we did the other greenhouse I have on the allotment, Grandad's greenhouse, we did that in a few short hours. It was very, very quick. It came apart quite easy. But the one today, a lot of the nuts and bolts ended up snapping, which didn't happen on the Grandad's greenhouse. And it just seemed a little bit of a bugger. It wasn't too difficult. It just took a bit longer to take apart and transport. So we haven't actually got it built. We've got it down here on the allotment now. So during this week, I will be ordering some new nuts and bolts and I will just pop down and start to rebuild all the walls. It actually won't take all that long to rebuild it, if I'm honest. It's just a case of getting it right. So instead of rebuilding the greenhouse, what I decided I would do instead, I was 
wanted to have a bit of a, a trim around the grass areas. That I didn't bring my lawnmower and strimmer with me today, so we couldn't do that. Instead, what I've been doing is just sowing a few more seeds. So first of all, I sowed a few more field beans and facilia in the beds that just need a little bit more. These beds, the germination has been a little bit patchy, so I just wanted to add a bit more to that. Into the pea bed that I sowed peas in last week, I've added a couple more rows of peas just to use the pea seeds up. And this has now filled that entire bed up. And in fact, I'm just looking at it. Some of the peas that were sown last week have started to germinate. So that's a good sign. We're off with the pea growing. So I'm very, very happy with that. And then into Grandad's greenhouse, the original greenhouse, I've actually sown a few more seeds. I figured I might as well use the inside of this greenhouse while I can. So I've sown some spinach, some spring onions, just to pop that all into use down here. So nothing gets wasted. So yes, it's been not as productive day as I had hoped. I did want to have this greenhouse built today, but it's gone slightly wrong, but it's not the end of the world. Now, this isn't the first time I've had to build a greenhouse. And because of that, I thought I would just share a few tips on how recycling a greenhouse can work. Now, I often see people asking for tips on how to dismantle and get yourself a second-hand greenhouse. And sure, if you look in Facebook Marketplace or on eBay, you can find a lot of people just selling their old greenhouses or have moved into a house and don't want the greenhouse. And they are trying to give it away or just want it gone. And it can be a complete and utter bargain, in all honesty. But it can also be a bit of a palaver. And this is where people are often asking advice. So I thought I'll just run through a few notes that I have with my experience now of dismantling and transporting two greenhouses and building three greenhouses. Now, the first thing I would say, if you are getting a secondhand greenhouse and you've got to dismantle it, go and have a look and make sure the frame is complete. If it's missing a piece, walk away unless you unless you are very, very clever. The chances are this greenhouse is going to be made out of aluminium, which is a metal which is pretty strong, but also can be quite pliable. And if anything is missing, you're going to have a few problems. If it's a wooden greenhouse, then just make sure that there's no signs of rot or decay or anything like that. I would then say make sure you take lots and lots of photos that way when you rebuild it you've always got something that you can just have a look and see how it got, got together obviously you want photos of just the the corners how everything connects how uh, the, the top is bolted onto the body and so on and so on how the glass panels go into place because to be honest the glass panels are going to be the first thing that are going to come out then what I also like to do is just draw a sketch of the frame and everything in its place and I give every single piece of metal or wood a number and I put that number on permanent ink 
just on that frame as well. So, for example, the bass would have number one by the door, number two on the left-hand side, number three at the back, number four at the right-hand side. And then on the uprights, I would continue numbering those. And then on the sketch, I get those numbers to tally up with what we're saying. That way, I've got another way of referencing what we've got when we come to rebuild it especially if you're not able to rebuild it straight away now as i said the first thing that would come out would be the the windows you will often find that any doors or, or glass you will often find that the doors and a window that opens will actually slide out of place quite easily. So you can take those out complete, which just saves a bit of time the other end. But all the glass panels are usually held in with some type of spring. And a pair of pliers or some screwdrivers can usually get these springs out pretty easily. All the springs that you take out, pull in a pot so you can use them later. Often you also find the glass is held on with not just a spring, but also a hanger, which just gives somewhere the top piece of glass to hang off the bottom piece of glass. Again, these just go into the pot, but be prepared that you will not need to buy more of these springs and hangers. Now, now then we will start taking apart the actual framework. Again, I always start with the top because, well, it's easy, isn't it? Take the top piece off. I try and keep it as intact as possible, but that depends on the size of a vehicle. I'm lucky I do have a fairly large fan, but even that, I have to take the panels down to as small as possible. I was hoping when I did the one at the weekend that I was going to be able to take it, take the top piece that goes from in the middle right at the very top, take that off and undo the four walls and transport it like that. Unfortunately, it wasn't going to happen that way. We had to dismantle it completely. But two adjustable spanners on either side of the nuts and bolts are what we need. Now, these nuts and bolts are slightly different to what we would normally expect. Greenhouses tend to use these square nuts and bolts. And the reason for that is so that they slide in and out of the grooves that hold the framework together. This is if, of course, you've got an aluminium greenhouse. So an adjustable spanner is the only tool that I know of that can hold on to this. There might be a specialist tool, but I've not found it. A normal hexagonal spanner just won't do it because it's the wrong shape. This square shape of these nuts and bolts are pretty unique as far as I'm aware. And an adjustable spanner just holds on to these very nicely. Again, keep these nuts and bolts safe as you take them out. If I can't pop them back into the, the frame, then I will pop them into a pot. But I try and pop them back into a frame and tighten them so that when I pop it all back together, I know they are there. Now again, be prepared for these nuts and bolts to get lost or broken. Granddad's greenhouse, which was a greenhouse we took down a few years ago, we didn't have any nuts or bolts break. And I was expecting that with the greenhouse that we did at the weekend. Unfortunately, a lot of nuts and bolts did snap, so I've had to replace those. They are quite cheap, the nuts and bolts, to be fair. About £5 for 20 I found. So, fairly cheap, but um, do expect them to break. And for that, also expect the glass to break as well now glass can be very very expensive to replace so try not to get any broken glass but 
but if you do you may have to go to a glazer's they usually do cut the glass to size for you and you're usually looking five six seven pound a pane so you could spend a lot of money on the glass alone but what I also like to do keep an eye on Facebook marketplace often people will be getting rid of some old glass for that as well greenhouse glass that is so if you see it available grab it and keep hold of it to save a few more quid i'm a big believer in trying to save money at the moment as you can tell so now we've got the greenhouse taken apart we've loaded into our vehicle we've taken it to where it is to go be your home or allotment we've got to rebuild it in exactly the opposite way as we took it down and this is where i find referring to the sketches and referring to the photos to really come into its own because it just makes it so much easier the chances are the instructions was lost so you're having to do this without instructions i do recommend screwing the base down to something solid i screw my bases down onto some concrete slabs because that way if this wind does pick up and catch the greenhouse it's not going to move you might lose in some strong wind some of the glass if it is made of glass that is but by screwing the base down if the base does get caught in the wind and it rolls over it could twist the frame and damage the frame and, and what have you that it'll be no good so screwing the base down while you're building it just to me makes sense now as i'm rebuilding it i tend to just sort of pinch up all the nuts and bolts but i don't fully tighten them until i've completed and the reason for that is that that just gives me the chance to make a few adjustments if i need to to the frame just to make sure everything fits and i think that's a general rule with anything don't over tighten all the nuts and bolts until it is fully built now another final thing that I like to do and I do this several times a year especially going into the winter months is I like to just go around and check all the nuts and bolts are tight. They can have a tendency to work themselves loose after a while and just checking that they are tight as a general maintenance thing just helps reduce the risk of any damage in the strong winds. Well, I hope that has helped anybody that is thinking of getting a second-hand greenhouse. It's all about saving money at the moment. The cost of living crisis, second-hand greenhouse is a great addition to any garden. Right, let's get back to the gardening. It is Monday the 26th of September 2022 today and I'm back in the kitchen. Now, this week's recipe will be on the website on Wednesday. But this is one that's actually been sent to me by a listener and I've been cooking it this weekend. I've got to say it is absolutely delicious. So what it is, we take three or four beetroot and roast them for an hour in the oven. Now once that hour is up, we take them out of the oven and just let them cool. While the beetroot's cool, take a cup of bulgur wheat and place in a jug. Into that jug add half a stock cube, some pepper, a bit of olive oil and some boiling water and stir until all the water has been absorbed. Then toast half a cup of pumpkin seeds into a, in a dry pan and chop those and add to the bulgur wheat. Then, then take a good bunch of parsley and chop those up and add to the bulgur wheat as well 
Finally, the beets should now be cool enough, so we take the skins, dice them, and then add that to the bulgur wheat, and crumble in half a pack of feta cheese. Bit of seasoning now, bit of olive oil, bit of red wine vinegar, and season to taste. Absolutely delicious, I've got to say. And best of all, this can be used for lunches. Jonathan says uh, he, he gets three to four lunches out of this one recipe alone. And in fact, he emailed me while he was sitting in his car about this recipe to share with it. Fantastic. I love that. If anybody else has any recipes they would like to share, please go ahead. I cook them myself. I try them out. And if I like them, I will use them. And this, I've got to say, was absolutely delicious right well that brings us to the end of this week's podcast and now as always if you've enjoyed this podcast please do leave us a review on your podcast app that really does help get us discovered if you have really enjoyed this podcast then please consider becoming a supportive member of our supporters club Details on that at theveggroundpodcast.co.uk, but I charge £5 a month for that. And as a member, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, as well as a collection of scenes sent to your door every month. Uh, Don't forget to follow us and like us on social media. And if you want to get in touch as well, don't forget my email address is richard at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk. Right, until next time, please take care.